0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Drone Source, sponsored by Elsite. I'm Ben Gross, and I'd like to thank you for joining me and welcome you to our podcast. Let's get started. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Drone Source. Last week, obviously at Commercial UAV Expo, had a great time. This week, joining us is Madison Jeffrey, Flight Operations Manager at Swoop Aero. Hi, Madison.
1: Hi. How are you, Ben?
0: Very good. How are you joining us from uh, far away Malawi?
1: I am. I am in uh, Zomba in Malawi. Um, it's uh, quite a hot day today. <laughs> yeah we're getting into the the heat season in Malawi so we're we're getting in the high 30s at the moment
0: <laughs> oh if someone from australia is saying that it's hot then that's that, that means something
1: <laughs> yes definitely definitely this is the hottest uh yeah climate i've ever been in my life
0: <laughs> so why don't we get started with uh, you know the simple intro question tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about swoop arrow
1: perfect um so yeah my name is Madison Jeffrey Um, I'm a flight operations manager for Swoop Aero. Uh, That's mainly focused on on Malawi's operations. Uh, A bit about myself is I started in the drone industry uh, in 2015. It was mostly for uh, recreational purposes. Um, and then I just fell in love um, I loved yeah seeing everything from the sky different uh, perspective um, I pretty much just wanted a, a drone to follow me snowboarding in the beginning and then it, it kind of the passion went from there so I did some shark surveillance some whale research um, and then I went on to work for Google Wing and um, yeah about three years ago I started started for Swoop Arrow the most amazing company and yeah it's been an amazing three years as well, uh, starting off in, in Malawi and watching the operations grow and seeing, like, leading technology in the most remote locations in the world has just been incredible and, like, a positive impact at that. So, yeah. Um, a bit about Swoop Arrow. Um, so Swoop Arrow is, I suppose, yeah, one of the leading uh, drone technology and platform uh, for medical delivery, search and rescue, uh, surveillance, um, mapping, um, there's a wide range um, that that the Swoop arrow uh, aircraft can do. Um, but Swoop arrow is focused on kind of providing a technology stack where um, it's everything's included. Um, so we manufacture our own drones, but we also create the platform that the the customers using as well. Um, it's yeah, it's one of those things that. It it doesn't just stop at handing a drone over, but we we provide the whole logistics system. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of a short version of what Super arrow does. Um, but yeah, there's a, a
0: lot more in, included in that as well. So we're gonna get to Super Arrow in just a minute, but first I just want to take a short detour on those things you mentioned, sharks.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the east coast of Australia, um, Australia Australia's known for known for its beaches. Um, and we have a, yeah a really a great community of surf life-saving. Um So about five and a half years ago, uh, the government introduced uh, shark surveillance um, on on quite crowded beaches where it would be every half an hour the drone would go out and scan for for sharks in the area where where the people were swimming. So um, I suppose there yeah, there's three dangerous sharks uh, that you would you would look for. Um and then if you yeah seen that you would sound the alarms at the beach it would just to just to make uh the safety um at some of those beaches a bit more more
0: secure i remember in my time in Australia we were more concerned with jellyfish than we were about sharks
1: <laughs> Yeah, i think it's a it's a common perception that uh, Australia, everyone's very scared of the animals there. So whether it's sharks, jellyfish, spiders, snakes, it's, it's uh, yeah, Australia's got a, a big reput- rep- reputation for for that scary animals. But I'm I'm sure you're talking about up in Cairns or something,
0: right? Yeah, up uh, <laughs> in Queensland, uh, yeah, Cairns and uh, Mackay and all that area.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not not the most of us that you're you're worried about about the box jellyfish.
0: <laughs> so let's take a bit uh, and talk about Malawi. Let's take a bit. Uh, let's talk about uh, how you started with Super Arrow. How you found yourself in Malawi. Tell us about the operations in Malawi. Tell us the story.
1: Uh, I'm gonna just be like completely honest with you. So I was yeah working in um, for Google Wing uh, delivering food in. Uh, Canberra, uh, Logan in Australia, and then I did go over and start the operations in Finland as well. Um, so I did love the the delivery um, side of the drones, but for me personally, it wasn't actually sitting uh, with my morals or my values. Um, I love supporting local coffee shops and, uh, yeah, going for a walk and, and meeting the people there. Um, I think it's a great system for, for certain people, especially single mothers and things. Um, to get their coffee and things delivered by a drone, but for me it just wasn't wasn't sitting well with my morals or my values. So I found Swoop Arrow, and it it, uh, it was like the most amazing thing for me because you can use drones the way that I was doing, but in such a positive impact. Um, yeah, we're we're delivering all types of medical supplies here, and some of these locations don't have access. You don't have access by ground for half the year, so when I swapped over to to Swoop Arrow I on my first day I flew from Byron Bay in Australia down to Melbourne where their H- HQ office is my first day I think it was like five minutes after I walked in they're like oh you're going to Africa in four days and my heart skipped a beat I was like what like I knew I was heading there eventually but like I didn't realize four days in and um yeah, it was just a quick and wild ride, but like one of the most beautiful uh, yeah, rides ever. So getting thrown in the deep end, coming over and meeting the, the Swoop arrow team that was already here. Um, and we were heading down to the southern region, um, which is most affected by floods. Um, so, yeah, I started the operations down there and I think it's just been magical to go out to these communities before the drone was int- introduced to get the feedback of uh, what was going wrong with the, the supply, to the health supply chain, um, and then how the mind would just run wild of how drones could improve that. Um, so at the moment, um, yeah, three years on, we're delivering to 56 locations at the moment, and these are 56 locations that are some of the hardest places to get to um, in Africa. And especially with the, the medical um, system, any emergency or any unplanned, I suppose, surgery or anything like that, they don't have the supplies needed um, on site. So to, for a 25 to 45 minute flight to get those supplies, it's something that they've never been able to, to have. So the whole system has started to change um, because of what we're actually able to deliver um, via drone in in these communities.
0: So, would it be safe to say that Swoop Arrow is now a logistics backbone of these communities?
1: I think, yeah, definitely for the for the health supply chain. Um, I, I I think so. Um, we're we're so integrated into the communities now. It's it's like. S- It's where like we've become like second nature to the community. It's it's not even foreign for them to see a drone fly over the sky anymore, which is amazing. Like I think it was is like normally the first ten flights or so where there's massive crowds. Everyone's like, oh, what is that? They'll ask, oh, is it has it got like is there people inside? Is it witchcraft? A lot of those things. And then ten flights later it's like it's like normal they they know it's for a positive impact they um i suppose the the excitement wears off a little bit just like uh yeah cars driving past i suppose for the first time it would have been really exciting but now we're just like okay yeah it's just a car
0: it's amazing how you have that uh already acceptance of the drones in malawi when uh you have people in the States that are threatening to shoot down drones if they come uh, near them. So it's it's interesting to look at this uh, difference in the approach to the drones.
1: I think as well, like this, the way the, the community engagement's done before we start flights, uh, it's done in a really fun, positive and like trustful way. So going into some of these communities, yeah, you, you gain that trust and, and rapport with them first before you start showing them this big loud thing that um yeah flies in the sky as much as like like the first time nearly in every location like everyone will be like kind of like running it like they will be away in safety like at a safe point but everyone as soon as it takes off they'll run and it's like more of an initial instinct to do that and then they all come back and they're like running after the drone excited so it's um I think it's more just the way that the community engagement's done. And once that first initial uh yeah lift like takeoff is, is complete, then everyone's like, okay, it's not as scary anymore or they don't have these perceptions. Um yeah. It's more in certain communities where they will turn and go, oh, is is it witchcraft? And uh, I was known as the white witch that controlled birds in the sky for three months in the So it was uh, trying to get, I think we really learned the community engagement side of things um, and, and, yeah, nailed that. So we're doing did amazing. Print, did you print
0: that up on your business card?
1: <laughs> no, no, but it, it did get announced on national TV, which was quite scary. <laughs> uh, like I went on for this interview and then, I suppose because it was set in Chichua because it was a, a like a person in the crowd watching our flights got interviewed and he was like, she's a white witch that controls birds in the sky. And I was, I was like, oh, no. But, it's, yeah, it's one person's opinion and everyone else has been quite, it's so positive, um, but everyone jokes about it nowadays.
0: Um, I saw on LinkedIn that Swoop Arrow operates out of 14 countries. All right. are they all based in africa
1: uh the 14 countries we have 40 uh, 14 uh, uh like countries approved for flights um operations i think it's around 9 at the moment but with um i suppose going into the rest of the countries in the in the very near future um we have had uh, we've operated in 14 countries, um, but we, yeah, I suppose more of the consistent operations in some of those countries will come over, over the next few months or, or, ne- or early next year.
0: And as we said, they're all based out of Africa. I mean, aside from uh, Australia. No,
1: no they, they're um Yeah. Spread through, throughout the world. Um, so we have some more uh, up in like the UK um Scotland and I think it's like Ireland, and then uh, we've got Singapore um, and New Zealand there's a yeah there's I suppose a lot going on in the in the rest of the world in terms of um
0: For myself, I'm not uh,
1: too across the rest of the operations, but I know they are they are happening and, and getting great results.
0: and these operations across the world are they also focusing on medical deliveries.
1: Uh, no, uh, one of my favourite ones and, and most intriguing one is the ship to shore in Singapore. Um, that, that is through Skyports, but they are using our platform. Um, but yeah, they, they're working out of uh, Singapore port and, and doing flights out to, out to the ships. I think it's, it's daily at the moment.
0: All right, so let's take a look at the difference from a practical perspective between regular deliveries and medical deliveries.
1: Are we talking in terms of Africa or in uh, more of the Western world? Um, where, how, <laughs> what kind of environment are
0: we in here? <laughs> let's talk it. Uh, let's start with your experience, and we'll go from there. Okay,
1: perfect. Um, I suppose with medical deliveries you're you're fitting into an already existing supply chain. Um, so you're you're trying to find uh, yeah the niche market where the drones are uh, use it like I suppose benefiting the health supply chain in a positive way. Um, so making it more cost effective, the turnaround times a lot less. So I, I think that compared to normal deliveries where, uh, normal deliveries you're you're not really working into an existing um, yeah logistic system i suppose you're you're starting off something something fresh unless you're you're doing more of the the postal deliveries or or something like that um, it's more quite more more sporadic uh, where ours is is going into an already structured system. <laughs> Um, myself, I haven't really done the, the normal deliveries, um, uh, other than like the, the food with, with Google, um, but the range and everything compared to, I suppose the two companies, um, for you want like short range for let's say food and, and more of the like, uh, grocery supplies. Because you want it to get quite quickly if you've got hot food or or something like that. Where our our drones here in Malawi, the some of our routes are 100, 100 or, or so kilometers long. So it's, I suppose it's just u- utilizing drones in different ways and, and the way that you come into the the structured system, um, where I suppose we're just trying to. Uh, make a more positive impact than what's happening on ground, more cost effective, especially for the countries that don't have a massive budget in in their medical, um, I suppose, yeah, the medical supply chain for um, the transport side of things where it's more of a, a novelty or, or like just to make things a little bit quicker to have drones delivering other items.
0: Another question uh, we mentioned before, the logistics and the drones. You told me uh, before we started the recording that you just had two days two days without internet and had to travel somewhere so you'd be able to have internet to jump on the call, which, first of all, I greatly appreciate. But how does that <laughs> impact the operations of the drones themselves? Do you find that sometimes there's times when... There's no electricity to charge the drone batteries and then they can't operate. How does the working in a extremely, extremely, extremely rural low-tech environment impact the operation of the drones?
1: I think for myself, it's a bit different because I'm constantly traveling. Where We're in an expansion where our pilots are sitting in one place. Um, They have uh, multiple internet sources just in case one does drop out. Um, We haven't seen an impact too much on our operations. For power, um, I suppose it's only certain locations. Like the the district hospitals we work out of normally have a backup generator, um, especially because their EPI systems for all vaccines and everything have to be quite like cold chain. So we kind of piggyback off off the power that they use for that um out at some of the remote locations depending off if they use solar or uh, a generator um we might struggle a little bit like uh, i did say before the recording where in malawi at the moment there is a massive fuel shortage so um at the moment like there is cars for kilometers um waiting in line for when fuel does come in, so that's where it starts to affect operations. Especially if there's no fuel for the backup generators, or uh, if we're yeah, we've got like let's say a couple of days without internet. It more just might be the admin side of things that we can't get done. Um, but pilots haven't really struggled too much. We we did used to use like a satellite connection if everything did did go down, but. Um, Now it is is getting a little bit better um, in certain locations. But with our drones, we can also pilot from anywhere in the world. Let's say if Malawi started to go through a a more terrestrial link like crisis where we weren't seeing internet at all, um, these drones can be piloted from Australia. They can be piloted from America or anywhere else in Africa as well um, that does have internet. So we we do have that redundancy just
0: in case. I saw earlier that I think it was uh, just about three weeks ago that the uh, Swoop published on their LinkedIn that they delivered 1 million packages. So first of all, Woo! congratulations. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, it, it still gives me tingles. I'm like, oh, well, a million,
0: million individual items. And how much of that was done in Malawi over the two, three years that you've been there?
1: um Malawi's ja uh, I think we could have even just crossed the the 600,000 individual items in Malawi. Um so I think from the last time I checked which would have been about 3 weeks ago we were at about 550,000. Um so yeah we do it, it's quite quick especially uh we are operating in five different districts. Um some days we'll have uh yeah close the other day we got 50 flights in a day. So we can fit a lot of medical supplies in that so it's rapidly as we expand that that number is rapidly going up um so by the end of the year we wa- we do want to be in more districts and and uh servicing more locations uh we in la- last week we opened up another three um two weeks before that another four locations so as we start to expand it's it's that number's just jumping up and jumping up but it's oh, very cool. exciting <laughs>
0: Now, a question about the operations in Malawi themselves. Working with the government, working with uh, regulators in Malawi, what's that been like? Has there been open acceptance to the use of drones? Has there been some uh, pushback? What's it been like?
1: I think, yeah, like um, working with the Ministry of Health, it's always intriguing for myself because I suppose coming from Australia, it's a different system. Um, so, yeah, Uh Everyone from Ministry of Health has been so accepting. They've seen how positive the drones can be. Um, I, working with civil aviation, Malawi Civil Aviation has been amazing to swoop Arrow. We've we've recently uh, not not too long ago now got a full country approval, which is it doesn't really happen anywhere else in the world. So the the trust and, and relationship is there with the government. And they they are constantly pushing us to to do more locations because they have seen the the positive outcomes. Um, I think for myself, there is uh, I suppose a few challenges because there they it is lacking structure in certain areas. Um, but I suppose Malawi also Malawian government is also aware of those. Um, those sections where it is lacking structure and, and it could be doing better.
0: Um, mm.
1: So yeah, it's been a really like we work together. We we have one vision, one goal of just trying to be uh, to impact the communities as much as possible. So as much as it, it has been challenging, um, it's yeah been really great to have them push us to to do more as well. Funding has been the hardest though. Um, I think for especially uh, in the beginning, a lot of these drone projects that we hear going into like rural countries and starting to do deliveries, a lot of it is just for a project and it will only last, let's say, eight to ten months, uh, where Swoop Arrow wants to make it completely, like their operations completely sustainable and long-term. So to have long-term funding, um, our goal is to to work into a government budget. But a lot of the times, until we show the cost effectiveness, the the time difference, and and how positive uh, what we do is, uh, we we won't come into that government budget, and it will be outside funding that makes it happen. So um, yeah, it's it's been a bit of a challenge, but yeah, Swoop Arrow is like very dedicated on on making things sustainable and long term. So it's yeah. It's been three years and and we aren't actually in the government budget yet, but it's it's coming and there's always talk of it. Um, in different countries, uh, it, it's been a bit different, but Malawi, uh, we've been uh, either NGO-backed or uh, Swibero was funding it for a while, um, but it has just been like more project phases each time that we we have been funded.
0: Have there been any, uh, let's call them uh, Hollywood-style flights where – uh people were waiting drastically for the drone to deliver medical deliveries so so you know the surgery could take place have there been any like you know these crazy crazy flights that have happened
1: yeah like um there's been like the two two of my favorite is um one of them is a a blood delivery so it was between two different districts as well so a bit of background districts in malawi doesn't share medical supplies or the commodities that they get either so we did uh, but there was um, a surgery happening and they needed uh more pints of blood um uh, someone was losing blood quite quickly Uh, for it to be on like an on-road delivery it would have taken uh, like one to find the car to get on the road get petrol everything like that would have been around four and a half hours an hour drone from the time of request to the time of delivery was around an hour and 15 minutes so it's like that was one of my favorite and more just because we were all watching it live as well we were all like oh my gosh like it's going between districts as well like so we went um, and stopped at one point, had to put more ice, like uh, ice and made it, made sure that the temperature um, was there and then swapped the battery and then kept going. So and everyone was at the end just waiting for to grab that blood and go straight into the surgery room. So um, that was probably one of my favorites. We were all sitting like sitting around just going like yeah, this is quite next level in the way that we've we've even seen over the last two years. Um, it's not often that blood will need to be transported between districts. Um, So, yeah, it's quite exciting when it
0: does happen. I'd like to ask you a question based on your experience. And this is a question that I ask everyone towards the end of the episode is I would really love to hear your opinion on where you see the drone market developing in two, five, 10 years from now. What is your vision of the future with drones look like?
1: I think drones are going to be used in nearly every industry um, in about five to ten years' time. I think there's so many use cases for drones and, and we're only just, like, hitting hitting it um, at the moment. Like, it's just going to expand and expand, especially in the medical drone delivery. We're going to see longer ranges, higher battery uh, battery life, Um, higher payloads so it's just going to increase the the amount of impact that we are allowed like we are able to have Um, I think and that's just like that's just talking medical like the agricultural um, the surveillance search and rescue we're going to just see dramatic changes over time especially with research Um, myself I've loved being in Africa and seeing how they utilize the drones for national park surveillance and Um, poaching as well so I think yeah it's it's going to be a constant onwards and upwards for for the drone industry and I think I I don't think anyone can predict where it's going to go 10 years ago I didn't predict it would be here so it's yeah I think we're all going to be a a bit shocked in 10 years time um, what's going to be happening in in this space.
0: Thank you so much Uh, we had some technical difficulties uh, in the middle but thank you so much for finding the internet and being able to join us today
1: thank you it's been an absolute pleasure i always love um yeah talking and letting more people know about what's happening over here
0: thank you so much for joining thank you everyone for listening in and we'll see you on the next episode of drone source thank you so much everyone have a good day this podcast is brought to you by Elsite. Elsite helps drone companies operate beyond the visual line of sight Overcome regulatory challenges and scale business through integrated connectivity solutions. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in our next episode of Drone Source.